Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. One, two, three, four! Hello, I'm Harriet Minter, and this is the Badass Women's Hour. This week, I am talking all about self-love, because this is a week in which Zoella got dropped from the GCSE syllabus for daring to mention masturbation, and I got offered a gig advertising vibrators. It's been a strange week for both of us. Plus, I speak to Trey Anthony about her new book, Black Girl in Love, Brackets, with herself. And a listener asks just what to do when you can't get yourself out of a slump. Basically, the entire of this week's episode can probably be summed up by saying, when in doubt, put some good music on, dance around your kitchen, and then take yourself to bed. Battery-operated boyfriend optional. But before we get to the juicy stuff, here's your weekly reminder to be a darling and pre-order my book, WFH, How to Build a Career You Love When You're Not in the Office. I wrote it because I wanted to make sure that whatever happens with this pandemic, when the working world gets back to some semblance of normality, every woman has the opportunity to make that world work for herself. No more sitting on a commuter train at 7.30 in the morning unless you really enjoy it. No more wondering why the guy sat next to you has just bought the sort of house you see on the featured section of Rightmove while you're still browsing the rental section of Zoopla. And definitely no more working all the hours God sends just because you feel you have to. So if any of that appeals, do please pre-order it and it will land on your doorstep on the 4th of March. Now, let's talk wanking. So this week, Zoella found herself in the centre of a media storm because her website was removed from the GCSE syllabus because it featured articles on sex toys and female masturbation. Apparently, Zoella didn't even know she was on the GCSE syllabus, so it was a double shock to her. But she issued a very classy statement pointing out the majority of the readers of her website were in their 20s and 30s and that actually we should be talking to young girls about their sexuality so they didn't find themselves in sexual relationships where the only person who mattered was the guy. Now, probably the highlight of my professional career was when I said the words female sexual pleasure on the BBC breakfast show. And I dared myself to do that because I was asked on to talk about I think it was female fertility yes female fertility and whether female fertility should be on the biology curriculum so should we teach kids at school about female fertility and the fact that your fertility wanes after 35 and all this other stuff that gets drilled into you if you're a woman and they had two people on the show one of whom was a fertility expert arguing that absolutely we should teach this and then there was me arguing that rather than just teaching girls that their fertility has a shelf life, which, trust me, we know, we should actually be teaching them all aspects of sex. So we should be talking to them about pleasure. We should be talking to them about consent. We should be talking to them about what to do when it all goes a bit awkward and you feel like you've kind of not really enjoying this, but you don't know how to say so. And that actually when we just bring sex education down to this is how it works, 
this is what happens and then the girl gets pregnant and when we talk about the fact that boys have wet dreams and that there is something like sexual needs for men that just don't seem to exist for women we're doing everyone a disservice so I feel that you know so well being on the GCSE syllabus is a great thing and yet this week a strange thing happened which was that a vibrator company approached me and said would I be interested in collaborating with them on an Instagram kind of advert and if so could I send them my rates now if you listen to the show before you'll know that I am a big fan of money and will happily advertise something if A, I like the product and B, I think it's relevant for my audience. But I actually turned this one down and I sort of have told myself that I turned it down because I've got my book coming out and my book is about work and I really want the focus of my work at the moment to be work. Plus, I'm pitching to lots of businesses a course I've created, which is about how to manage your team when you're not in the office with them. And I sort of thought if I'm doing all this quite corporate stuff and then I suddenly have a random advert being like, woohoo, vibrators, it's going to feel really jarring. And that's the line that I've been telling myself. And then I sat with it for a little bit and I thought, actually, I think I've turned this down because I'm a bit embarrassed (laughs) because I don't think I can be one of those women who's like, hey ladies, let's talk about sexual pleasure as I turn on the vibrator on my Instagram reel. I don't know. I feel embarrassed by it. And that is almost more shameful to me. It's shameful to me that I put myself out there as somebody who isn't embarrassed by this stuff. And yet there's a little bit of me that is. And that got me thinking about, do we have to be, to be truly authentic, do we have to be open about everything in our lives? So When I coach women, I talk a lot about authenticity. It's a very big buzzword in the coaching world. And I say that actually we should be totally happy talking about whatever's going on for us at home, at work, and at work at home, because we should be one person in all those spheres. And I think nobody's ever asked me, quite frankly, nobody's ever asked me, does that mean that I have to talk about my masturbation habits in the office? And if they did, I suspect my answer would be no, you do not. But what it's brought up for me is that actually by pushing for this authenticity and just we really push for authenticity when it comes to women, we are far less bothered about it when it comes to men. But by really pushing for this authenticity, we're not letting women have boundaries. And we're not letting women say, do you know what? Actually, I don't feel comfortable talking about this or I don't want to share that part of my life. And yes, what is going on in your sex life is a particularly extreme version of that. But actually, what happens when we've had a bad experience at work and then somebody wants us to share that? If we don't feel comfortable doing that, why do we have to in order to be seen as authentic and therefore likable? Which, if you're a woman who wants to get ahead at work, seems to be a priority. We're asking women to share parts of themselves that we don't ask men to. We're asking them to be vulnerable in a way that we don't ask men to. And then actually, if that's just not who they are, we're turning against them. And so I suspect that at some point I will revisit the question of whether or not I want to advertise vibrators. Maybe another vibrator company will want to come and advertise with me. If you are one and you'd like to sponsor this podcast, now is the time to raise a hand. But it's also, I've realized, okay for us to set boundaries about what we do and don't want to share. Your life is yours. You don't have to make it for the consumption of everybody else. And that goes for work and home. 
I was a bit worried that we were actually turning into a puritanical society that even if I was uncomfortable talking about masturbation on my Instagram, that that meant the whole of the world must be uncomfortable with it. Maybe we are more uncomfortable than I think, but I'm not sure that's a terrible thing. Surely where we want to get to is a stage where we have a level of personal comfort with it and that's fine and we feel good about what we're doing, well, in bed, at home, at work, wherever, but we don't have to feel comfortable with the rest of the world knowing that. Do we? I don't know. I'd love to hear your views. Find me on social media and talk to me about it at Harriet Minter. We can have a frank conversation about masturbation on Instagram. I just can't advertise that on it. Or you can obviously drop me an email, harriet.minter at gmail.com. One woman who knows all about self-love, the emotional kind as well as the physical kind, is Trey Anthony. She's the author of Black Girl in Love, Brackets with Herself, and talked to me about finding her way back to herself after a failed relationship, why we all need to take time for ourselves, and what to do when things just don't work out as you think they will. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is the Badass Women's Hour podcast. At this time of the year, it's hard for me to kind of keep going. So I turn to those little classic self-help words of wisdom. I'm on Instagram. I'm looking for my influencers, giving me ideas for how I can look after myself better. But one thing I've noticed is that wellness, particularly on social media, is, well, very, very white. So what happens if you're a black woman looking for some inspiration? Well, my next guest had exactly that experience. And so she decided that what every black woman needed was a self-help book exactly for them. Black Girl in Love with Herself is the new book from Trey Anthony. And she joins me now. Hi, Trey. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. Thanks so much for talking to us. Um, So tell me, how did you come to write Black Girl in Love with Herself? Um, funny enough, I had written an article for Huffington Post um, entitled The Same Thing called Black Girl in Love with Herself, and it went viral. And I was talking in the article about um, basically saying how I had manifested this wonderful relationship. And it was something that I learned um, after going through so many different trials and tribulations of romance. And um, I got the book deal from Hay House. 
And then five months before the book was due, which was supposed to be a book about how to manifest a great relationship, being a healthy relationship, I was in a five-year relationship, my partner sent me a text and broke off my relationship. Oh, no. Did she not yes. know you had a book deal? Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I also had a two-week-old baby that we had just adopted. Oh, my gosh. So there I was on the bathroom floor, and I said, what the hell has happened to my life? And I realized that the book was due, and I felt like a fraud. And I was like, how can I tell women how to manifest a wonderful relationship and be in a healthy relationship when I missed the tsunami that was obviously hitting my own one, right? And so I called my editor and I was like, I can't write this book. And I said, but what I can write is a book on how to get back up off the bathroom floor when your whole world has come crashing down and you no longer recognize your life. And what are the signs that we miss as women, and especially black women, when we want to hold a relationship together because we're so invested in what we, the image that we've curated on social media. And for me, that's really what it was, that I realized I had all of this messaging from my family and my friends, and I was so invested in really making sure that the image um, was maintained, and I ignored a lot of red flags. And... When you say, you know, how do we, we're so invested in making sure this image is maintained that we ignore all the red flags, which I think a lot of us do, right? We're, you know, we, we want to believe the PR we put out about ourselves. How, okay. how do we get below that and start being honest? I think the biggest thing that you can do is really get quiet. I know for me, and I've seen it with a lot of women that I work with and a lot of clients and friends, is this whole thing of being so busy that we really make sure that we're busy because it doesn't give us time then to really sit with ourselves and be with ourselves and say, wait a minute, am I really happy? Is this what I want in my life? And I think a lot of the times, too, there's a lot of pressure from social media that you're starting to look at everybody else's timeline and you're seeing all of their pictures and you're like, well, they're really happy. And so you're like, okay, so let me try and be happy in the crap that I'm sitting in, right? And you're not realizing that they're also sitting in crap looking at you going, oh, I, they, look over, they look really happy over there. So it's, it's about really having this level of honesty. And for me, when I wrote the book, there was a level of vulnerability where I said, I know that I was so invested in this relationship that I ignored so many signs. And I also ignored that I wasn't as happy as I mm. pretended to be. And I wanted to be really vulnerable with that and say, I know everybody was putting hashtag couple goals under my picture, but I didn't feel that I was being authentically me and showing up my best way possible. Why do you think that sometimes when we're in a relationship, we put the need to be in that relationship ahead of our own happiness? I can definitely say for myself, I think anytime women hit the ages between 35 to 40, and that's where I was, there is a timeline that we have put in place, right? And there's a checklist, like you're like, okay, I'm going to meet my person by 30. I'm going to have my yeah. first job by 33. We're going to buy our house together. And when you realize that you're not on track with your um, checklist, 
you then put that extra pressure on you to try and make yourself seem happy and stay in something because you really want it to work. And for me, mm-hmm. I know I was at that place where I just got weary thinking about, I don't want to start again with somebody and asking them their favorite color. I just didn't want to do it at my age. <laughs> right? I was like, I really don't. <laughs> Right. And so it comes down to sometimes you're like, let me just stick with the devil I know. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I realized for myself, but what if you could be just happy by yourself? And who knows that maybe someone out there is wishing the same thing for you and you are exactly who they're looking for instead of settling for something that isn't really truly making you happy. You wrote this book specifically for black women because, you know, and I said this in the intro, like when we look at the wellness and the self-help kind of culture, it is very white. And I mean, it's not even just white. It's like slim, young, white, vegan, you know, it's like it's very specific. What do you think is different in terms of self-help for black women? What is really different is the messaging that we get, right? And there's a definite intersectionality that I think is missing from a lot of self-help books. So, for example, um, Lean In. I I read Mm -hmm. Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. And I, 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 you know, I really have read so many self-help books. So when they're saying, (laughs) oh, okay, as a woman, you need to lean in and you need to talk up for yourself at a meeting, right? Or ask for more money. That's quite okay, if you're a white woman, mm-hmm. but when you're a black woman and being assertive at work, there's another layer to it, right? You will be seen as intimidating. You'll be seen as angry. You'll be seen as not a team player. And so there's different layers that exist for us, right? Also, um, like Brene Brown's books about vulnerability, right? And saying, okay, well, you need to be much more vulnerable with people. We have grown up, especially in our culture as black women, that we have seen our mothers have instilled in us, you've got to be strong, you've got to get yeah. back up. And that there's that trope of the strong black women, mm-hmm. women that a lot of us have prescribed to, right? And it's very hard for us then to take off that extra layer because we're walking through the world dealing with racism, we're dealing with sexism, we're dealing with classism, right? We're dealing sometimes with um, homophobia. So there's all these other extra layers. And not saying that white women don't have those things, but there's an extra layer that we have Mm -hmm. as black women walking through the world. And I don't think the self-help messaging actually looked at that and kind of said, this this isn't a one-size-fit-all, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was really important to put that in the book. And I talk about it around, um, and I label it, I say black fatigue. There's an extra yeah. layer of black fatigue. And I give this example. The other day, my sister, she had my seven-year-old nephew came home, and they had these things where they were supposed to pick um, a subject matter and write about it. And so one of the things that, and and dress up. So one of the things was like, you're the apple of my eye. The other one was put your money where your mouth is. The other one was like monkey business. And they had to dress up in a costume. And of course, out of all of the 20 of them, my nephew decided to pick monkey business, right? And all of us kind of just went, "Uh uh-oh, right? We just kind of all went, "Uh uh-oh, this could be awkward. And he was like, I want to dress up like a monkey, right? Mm -hmm. And I want mommy to draw a monkey on my face. Yeah. And me and my sister kind of went in the kitchen and I was just like, you can't do that. 
And she was like, but I don't want to take him out of his childhood. She goes, why do we have to have this conversation? And those are the things where I say in um, that there's no way a white woman would be having this exact same conversation in their yeah. kitchen. And this is another layer of stress that is added to black women's lives that you just don't think about unless it's you're actually experiencing it. Something as simple as a homework assignment brings an additional stress to black women. Yeah. And so that is why I thought it was really important to have that self-help book that will address certain things like that. The yeah. stress of raising a black child mm-hmm. in a world, especially a black boy in this yeah. world, is a lot different, right? Yeah. And so what advice do you give to black women, particularly around handling this idea of black fatigue and actually looking after themselves Mm -hmm. in a world where they've got that extra thing, uh, extra level of stress and anxiety? The advice I give them is to really name it. Mm. Um, I say you cannot go through the... That's great advice. Yeah, you you, you have to name it. You have to say, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And you have to recognize that sometimes it's okay to rest. It's okay to say, I don't have all of the answers. In the book, I talk about how when I was going through my lowest point of my breakup, I was um, dealing with a a, a newborn baby. I was practically homeless because I got kicked out of our apartment. And I said, my mother gave me these pet talks of like, you know, remember whose child you are and don't let this destroy you and be strong. And I said, What I recognize is my mother can be the person who gives me the pet talk, but what she cannot be for me is the person who says to me, hey, you may want to cry about that. You may want to fall apart. And I said, I realized that I also was that person to all of my friends, that I would send them empowering affirmations and be like, girl, you got this, right? And I said, what if I just said to my friends, you know what, I'm here for you and what you're going through is awful. And you may want to cry about this. You may need a safe place. And so the advice I give in the book is to start creating not only safe places for yourself, but for also other black women to know that it's safe for them to fall apart with you. And we need to really change the mindset of, oh, sister, you got this, or the strong black woman is no longer working for us. Yeah, I think that's just brilliant advice. And I wish that actually we can... I mean, we'll all do that for each other, but I particularly for white women like me out there, it's something to just say, like actually being able to create that space and say, I will just sit here and you, you can tell yeah. me it's okay. That's okay. That feels like a really important message. Trey, yeah. thank you so much. It's been so lovely talking to you and um, I can't wait to read the book. Black Girl in Love with Herself by Trey Anthony, out now from Hay House. Great book to read. Also, I think a great gift to give because we all need sometimes a little help looking after ourselves. That was Trey Anthony, author of Black Girl in Love, Brackets with Herself. Now, I don't know about you, but last month felt like the longest month ever. And it clearly did for this week's listener with a problem, because this is what they sent me. And I absolutely love this email. This is the type of email that I would send to people. It goes, why is everything so blah? And when will it stop being blah? Thanks. That's it. Isn't that a great question? And look, um, I'm not sure I've got all the answers to it, but here are my thoughts. Okay, so let's break it down. Part one, why is everything so blah? Well, obviously, partly because we're in the middle of a global pandemic and people are dying 
people are losing jobs, people are losing loved ones, income, freedom. They can't go places. None of us have been on a holiday for what feels like 20 years. Life is pretty grim right now. And I think that we are lucky as a generation that we haven't experienced anything close to this in our lifetime. So we have no reference point for it. It's interesting to me that we're seeing lots of 90-something-year-olds on TV just, you know, queuing up to get their jab, not complaining, getting it, getting on with their daily lives. And we haven't really heard them kind of talking about the horror of having to self-isolate and how much they've hated being by themselves because they are a generation that has lived through war and poverty and economic downturns and massive social societal upheaval, the three-day week, the, you know, all of the kind of madness of the 70s and 80s. And so this to them is just another thing. But for those of us like me of a millennial just generation, actually, it's probably the toughest thing we've experienced. And so, yeah, it is going to make life feel a bit blah. Some things we can do to counteract that. Well, as humans, we need certain things and we need them in a repeated style. And depending upon what school of thought you follow, those things might be different. But I think there are kind of five things that we all need on a regular basis in some form or other. So the first one, unfortunately, is exercise. So if you're feeling a bit blah, my recommendation is get off the couch and do some exercise. It's sad that that is my recommendation. I wish we could all sit on the sofa all day and be really happy about it. But all the science and my personal experience says that doesn't work. So do some exercise. doesn't have to be a lot. Go for a walk, get out in the fresh air. I'm obsessed with something called The Class. That's it. It's just called The Class, which is really great. Do some yoga with Adrian. Aren't we all doing yoga with Adrian at the moment on YouTube? Whatever it is, find some way to move your body that is going to make you feel better. And then once you have moved, you might want to think about meditating. I know. You don't want to think about meditating. None of us want to think about meditating. In fact, the whole point of meditating is that we don't think. But actually, finding a way to still your mind on a regular basis tends to improve your mental health. You don't necessarily have to sit on a cushion in the corner of your room going um for 20 minutes. You can do something that just really like calms your mind and your body. So yoga obviously is the great example of this, but actually painting is really good or drawing, pottery, making something with your hands, cooking for some people does the same thing. Anything where your mind is really focused on one task and that task is slow and repetitive. That's the sort of thing that in this case, in these quite frankly desperate times, counts as meditation. And then there is learning. So most of us tend to have quite narrow lives, I would guess. We have our work and we learn about our work. We have the things that we enjoy doing in our spare time and we learn about them. We don't really get beyond those barriers. But our brain is a muscle and it is designed to be used and also stretched. So once a week, try and read something, a short article, a piece in a magazine, whatever, about a topic you don't know anything about. Wired, I find, is great for this because I literally know nothing about anything that is ever in that magazine. But go for a topic which you is not your specialist subject and just see if you can learn one fact that you would repeat at a dinner party in the days when we can have those again as a kind of interesting bon mot for the very boring person sat to your right. That's what you're looking for, something that will kind of enrich your brain. If you wanted to, you could combine learning and my next area, which is connection by learning a language. So connection is actually all about human connection. So it's the relationships we have with other people and the world around us. 
anything that basically reminds you that you are not there by yourself, that's part of connection. So this could be having a really great conversation with a friend. It could be calling a relative you haven't spoken to for a while. It could be buying the homeless guy that's on your street a cup of coffee or giving to a charity or going and doing something beautiful to tidy up your neighborhood. Anything that reminds you you are not in this alone by yourself. And finally, and bringing it all the way back to where we started, topic five, physical touch. We all need to be touched. Yes. And that is really quite difficult if you are a single person, particularly, or you're living with somebody you don't particularly like in the middle of a pandemic. So congratulations, self-touch, perfectly acceptable. Go buy a vibrator. In fact, if I was advertising them, high vibrator companies on this podcast, you'd know which one to buy. Or actually just give yourself a massage, put some nice hand cream on, brush your hair a hundred times, anything that puts you back in touch with your own body. Keep doing those and I promise the world will start to look a little less blah. As for when will it stop being blah? Well, I don't know. I hope it's soon. I really, really hope it's soon. But the way we can find a level of calm in the not knowing is the acceptance. So by asking the question, when will things stop being blah, what you're actually asking is how can I control this? How can I decide when I will be okay again? And you can't. And you just need to accept that. So I would ask yourself the question, which is, if this is as good as it gets, how can I find some joy here? I know. That's such a horrible coaching question, isn't it? But here's the thing. This might be as good as it gets for a while. And if it is, you don't want to be sitting in it in misery. So look for the joy in the small things right now. I actually posted something about this on my Instagram earlier this week. It might still be there. Go have a look. But find the small things that bring you joy and celebrate them because goodness knows right now, any small thing which makes us happy deserves its own medal. That's all for this week. But as ever, if you enjoyed the show, please do rate, review, subscribe, give us a like, share it with a friend, all that jazz. Um, if you've got a problem that you would like my wisdom, I mean, I know it's not great, but I try. If you'd like my wisdom on it, do drop me an email, harriet.minter at gmail.com or come and find me on social media at Harriet Minter. I will be here again next week with another badass guest and I look forward to talking to you then. You've been listening to Badass Women's Hour. If you like the show, then help more people find us. You can tag us or talk to us on social media using at Badass Women's Hour. Or you can be really lovely and leave us a review and a rating. Five stars, please. It helps boost us up the podcast rankings and allows other people to find us. We'll be back next week with more badass guests and in-depth chat. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 